Welcome to Life Uninhibited. I'm your host, Kristen Messagy, Enneagram 6, Life Coach for Sixes. In this episode, I talk about faith slash cowardice, our passion, and we get into our virtue of faith. It took me a while to find my footing and how to talk about faith. Minutes 12 through 16 are, they're comical. You really hear my sort of struggle to find my footing there. I left that in there for a reason. One, because I want you to know how seriously I take this. And two, because I thought it was funny. I'm totally okay with us all having a chuckle at my expense. Enjoy the episode. Please let me know what you think. Hello, sixes. Welcome back. Thank you for being here. I am so glad you're here. I really want to say to each and every one of you, thank you for taking time out of your busy, full lives to tune in and just be in this ongoing conversation with me about sixiness and how we can live in the world more just more how we want to. This topic today is really going to talk about that specifically. Like what do we get to do to actually experience um, just different versions of ourselves, right? A less inhibited version of ourselves in the world. We're going to talk about faith and fear. I'm going to take a teaching straight out of the daily any a thought. Do you all get the daily any a thought? This is a place where I love to get little snippets of ideas from some of the great Enneagram literature that's out there. You can get this emailed to you every day. It's at the Enneagraminstitute.com and you just go where it says any thought and you can click um, and get two any thoughts per day. I get the type six and the type three because I'm interested in that line to three. And then from another email, I get type six and type one because that is my, uh, my husband is a one. So I always like to get a little insight on, you know, what his deal is, of course. Anyway, this teaching is straight from the Daily Enya Thought. And it says the virtue of each type our virtue is faith, can be seen as an antidote to its passion for us, fear or cowardice, really. Also, we consider that the self-scaring, right? The passion is where all our focus goes and what seems what our personality is like, oh, I have to put all my energy there. So the virtue can be seen as a focal point for the type's positive traits. This is back to the teaching. By recalling the virtue in a state of presence, the passion can be gradually transformed. The restoration of the virtue and the transformation of the passion is an extremely important part of the spiritual use of the Enneagram. This is a good time to mention the Enneagram is a spiritual tool. A lot of people like to kind of pull out just the psychological aspects of it, the more Enneagram of personality pieces. Of course, we talk about that here as well. Really, 
at the end of the day, this is a spiritual tool. What does that even mean? I honestly think we all get to decide what that means. For me, I think it changes and morphs over time. When I think about that right now, what does it mean to use a spiritual tool? When I think of spiritual tools, I think of tools that reveal myself to me in a way that I wouldn't necessarily have access to otherwise. That often means seeing parts of myself that I would not want to see otherwise. And as we know for sixes, those are, of course, going to be our more shadowy, negative things that we don't want to see, that we don't want to own. But sixes also disown positive parts of themselves. This is a mechanism of sixiness is to disown and sort of squash positive things about us, really in the form of our accomplishments and things that we might be proud of if we um, knew how to feel proud of ourselves, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Ooh, I almost, I almost just went on a whole tangent. I'm really going to try to not tangent today. Let's see how I do. Yeah, let's see how I do. There's plenty in this right here to talk about. Self, I say to myself, no need for tangents today. But let's be honest, there'll be a tangent here or there. Okay, so the virtue of six is faith. Let's not go there yet. Let's hang out in the passion. So every type has a passion. The passion, as I said before, is where our attention wants to go. It doesn't say, it's not a passion for no reason. When we are passionate about something, what do you do? When you're really passionate about something, what do you do? You want to hang out there. You want to spend your time there. It's very important to you. It gets your attention. The passion for six, a lot of things say fear, but I really feel like cowardice is more of the truth-telling version of the passion. So this is when we really put our energy toward this idea, okay, and it's tricky for sixes because <laughs> we either put our attention toward it where is wherein we see it or our attention is around pretending it's not there, that that's not actually a thing at all. So if we look at cowardice, this sort of fundamental belief that we don't have what it takes, lots of sixes think that. They're aware that they think that. In different situations in their life, they have a sense that they don't have what it takes. But then we also have this orientation where we pretend we don't think that we don't have what it takes. And this is where we get the more like puffed up, unconscious version of ourselves where it's not only do I have what it takes, I'm going to prove to you that I have what it takes. So I'm walking through the world with this sort of proving energy that like, hey, hi, I'm I'm one of the ones who 
oh, this, I'm getting a little bit of a shame response because in a lot of areas of my life or a lot of times in my life, this was me. Um, and again, it's unconscious, but I was very much like puffing up and posturing my way through life, unaware that I was doing so. The the sort of cringy, shamey bits are looking back and, you know, seeing myself with a more conscious lens and like, oh gosh. So yeah. And of course, as always, there's a whole spectrum there. There are some areas in your life where you might really notice that you have access to that like proving puffed up energy and other areas of your life where you have access to that like maybe it's imposter syndrome or maybe it's just I can't handle that thing if that happens or you know any kind of hodgepodge any kind of blend of those different presentations I hope that as you listen to these episodes this stuff is just really starting to seep in not just like a head level but that you see it happen in real time or you look back and you can say, oh, that was when I was really acting or believing this cowardice thing. Uh, I looked up cowardice. It's just, it's a lack of bravery. So either know that I'm not brave or I'm pretending to be brave. Then of course, there's this other state because remember, that's all unconscious. There is a mode we can get into, which is when we are conscious of our fear and then we choose to move forward with our fear. That is not counterphobia, okay? That is not what that is. Counterphobia is an unconscious reaction to fear that is like, like I said, that kind of blustery and puffy. And uh, it's like, I'm pretending to be bigger than I am. I'm pretending that I'm not afraid. Whereas this, okay, I'm totally getting ahead of myself. So uh, 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 back it up, back it up, Kristen. Okay, backed it up. I'm, I'm back. <laughs> so cowardice is a lack of bravery. And we orient that lack of bravery in different ways. Are you seeing that in your life more and more? I know you are. I hear from a lot of you that you are. And even though you know all this Enneagram stuff, it's kind of blowing your mind to see it, see yourself doing it. Like, oh, well, there it is. And of course, of course, I'm just going to call this a should, okay? I'm always like, don't should. Let's be aware of the shoulds, but I'm calling this a should. When we see ourselves, when we see our personality in action, we do want to have a certain posture toward what we see. As a goal, we really want to have a, like, I have my hands in like, like I'm holding something gently, like I'm holding a ball gently. My hands are open. It's like I'm holding something, but I'm holding it with care. Okay. So when you see you, why is this making me so emotional? Because I've been just emotional lately. It's okay to be emotional. So I am. Because it's because I'm talking about us. I'm talking about holding ourselves. And how do we do that, right? When we see our personality in action, 
I mean, if you could do this with me, it'd be really cool. Just open your hands wide, but kind of cupped, and you are holding something that you care about. This is the posture for you. When you see your personality, you're like, oh, (laughs) there you are. Even if what you see is yourself really being scared. And so really not bringing yourself forward. You're just, you see yourself being so scared. You want to hold that with care. And even if you see yourself being a big, puffy, blustery, proving version of yourself, you want to hold that with care. Like, oh, there you are. Okay. So much for not going down bunny trails, rabbit holes. I guess I guess I am who I am. I guess we're going to do what we do here. Okay. So that is the passion, cowardice. And it's it just plays real big in our life. And if you don't see it, that is something to look for. If you don't see it because you identify as more a quote counterphobic six, then go looking for it. And the way you go looking for it is you ask yourself when you're feeling angry or kind of postured in somewhat of a fight stance, just ask the question, what am I afraid of here? What am I afraid of here? And you will get the answer, especially if you keep asking. If you don't get the answer, keep asking. Okay, let's talk about faith. This, I have started and stopped this part of this podcast multiple times now because my brain has thoughts about me attempting to talk about faith to other people. I probably, I don't need to say anything else. You probably all can understand why that feels scary. Um, It's really, the sense is that I'm just stepping so far out of my expertise and comfort zone and all of that. However, I do have a lot to say. So I'm just going to say things. (laughs) (laughs) and I hope that something that I share will help um, inspire your thinking about faith or just, you know, even um, what, what would be my hope of saying these words? What would it be? That something would get sparked or deepened or that there would be some kind of uh, something useful, anything good. Let's just let's just go with if I ground into my faith, something good for someone will come out of me talking about faith. Okay, that's that's what I've got. And there's kind of an example of what faith for a six looks like. Maybe that's the easiest way to do it. Is kind of just share. I even think I already shared an example with my whole you know, open hand holding thing. Because to me, and this this is it, I'm just going to talk about this is what it is for me. And you all obviously have so much permission to do this work yourself. And I don't think we get to skip this work, even if we're 100% secular or have never had a faith or if we're recovering from um, you know, a really harmful faith community. I think 
this is just such individual personal work. And I honor that so deeply in my soul. That's why I'm just tripping over every effort to say anything here. However, the examples. One, if I ground into my own sense of myself, then I know that this will be useful for someone and that's okay. And it will also be helpful for those who really feel they have a strong faith to just, you know, be further inspired to orient there rather than toward the cowardice. Also the example of, you know, open hand holding ourselves. To me, that is a very faithful act. Because to me, an aspect of how I am faithful is there is this sense of trust that however I am, however I'm showing up, deserves care. That the what I think holds us all <laughs> it feels so scary to just say what I think because I'm a six. What I think is whatever is holding us all is caring, does care about us, cares for us when we are hurting, cares for us when things are going well, cares for us when we are terrified. Right? The, the idea is that the virtue transforms the passion. Not that we pick one. And really, this is one of the things that I think gets so twisty in people's brains, especially because of the way that faith is often taught, is that we're either doing one or the other. And the reason that's so problematic is because when we are in fear or we see that we are scared, we can immediately then have shame on top of that. We can shame ourselves for being what we're being because of this dichotomy that is sort of handed to us. You can be in faith or you can be in fear. I disagree with that. This this teaching that the more we can craft and truly inhabit a faithful posture or whatever, I'm not going to overthink how I'm saying this, then that over time like transforms our cowardice into courage. It's not a matter of doing one or the other, right? Getting it right or wrong. It's a matter of becoming faithful in the way that truly is us and doing that over and over and over again and grounding into that deeper and deeper over time has the effect of transforming our cowardice into courage. And and that's not going to be a linear path. That's not a one and done. This is a lifelong endeavor. If we think about this as a spiritual tool, the Enneagram, it's an invitation to go on this journey that doesn't have an end. But it's just a becoming. It's just becoming more of who you really are. I mean, this is the other thing. When we look at the passion and we see that it's cowardice, it's really not about being less cowardly. It's like, that's just is what it is. It's about 
going this other way and practicing, practicing being faithful. And what does that do for us? What is the impact of that? What, how does that impact us over time, right? It's an invitation, not an admonition of how we automatically are. And even the way I just said that is part of my faith, that the more I practice being open and curious and uh, not needing to know, because this is a huge piece of it, right? Am I, am I available to not knowing? Because we are, when we are in our passion, our brain, a few different things happen. Some of the narratives are telling us that we actually know everything, right? When we're really locked in, it's like, I know, I see clearly. It's the most paradoxical thing. The more entrenched we get into our passion, the more we think we are seeing clearly. And we're seeing clearly the the scary things that are going to happen if such and thus. We think we have the whole picture. But of course, the opposite is true. Of course, when we are admiring the problem, as one of my clients said last week that I thought was brilliant, I told her I was going to steal that from her. When we are admiring the problem, when we're in our cowardice and we're just like focused on what the problem is, of course, we're not seeing clearly. We're actually so focused on this narrow vision of the world that we're missing possibility. We're missing anything outside of what we think we see happening. And and this is really how I see the difference between faith and cowardice. Faith has us open to what might happen that we have no idea about. And quite frankly, we could never put together of our own will, right? Cowardice has us believing, if I can just figure this out, if I can just put these pieces together, if I can just, then I actually can create a world in which I feel safe and secure and okay. And faith has us knowing that that's not real, that that's not a thing. Faith has us grounded in what might be. And open to possibility and synchronicity. So there actually is a a book recommendation I have if you want it. The book is called The Awakened Brain and it's actually the science of spirituality. It's a fabulous book. And y'all know I love to use science to back up what is very intuitively true for me. It's basically my favorite thing to do because I get to, you know, (laughs) I get to have that feeling. And this has been studied. This has been studied that spirituality is, uh, it's, it's wired in to us, not any particular religion, but spirituality. And in this book, one of the things that she talks about that I think is just so good for well, all humans, but for sixes is to be open to synchronicities, things that we cannot explain, but for some other thing, you know, pulling the strings. 
We are not the ultimate puppet masters. We aren't. I know we want to be. I get it. But we aren't. So if we can accept that and then we can sort of orient to, well, something is though that that has my, um, you know, has my interests in mind and can put things together in a way I never could. And one of the ways we see that is through synchronicities. Those things that just like, why did I think of that person for the first time in five years and then they reached out to me? Like, what is that about? Those types of things. I have so many of these stories. This is something my brain does very automatically is look for and notice synchronicities and then be delighted by them. That's actually a scientifically proven aspect of being in a spiritual state. Um, who's the who's the author of that book, you ask? Uh, Dr. Lisa Miller, The Awakened Brain. It's so good. So the other thing that I want to just pull from that book, and then I'm going to close this episode today and come back to faith another time. We'll just take it in chunks. Just take it in chunks. One of the things that she talks about is this when we are sort of in our spirituality, our faith, I really just encourage you to use all of the phrasing that you would use, right? How do you talk about these things? And you just get to decide that. One of the things that comes online is this quest, this questing brain, Q-U-E-S-T, Q-U-Q-Quest. You know, we're going on a quest. And this, I think, is a good substitution maybe for purpose. I think purpose gets us all kinds of twisty and what is my purpose? And am I, do I know my purpose? All, like, like as if our purpose is out there and we're supposed to find it or we're screwed type of thing. This is different than that. This is going on a quest and it can be whatever the quest can be whatever. I like to quest on what is right in front of me. Who am I becoming? What am I working on? And when I know where I'm going, this whole other part of myself gets to come out and play. And it really, instead of me attempting to stop being cowardly, which when we when we just try that on, stop being cowardly, where does our attention go? To the ways we are being cowardly. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like the whole don't think of a pink elephant. Like our brains, that doesn't work. So we can't say stop doing this thing. We get to say, where am I going? What am I doing? And we choose these quests and then we go on them. And we, in that process, we become and we grow and we see things and just so many other qualities come online. And we also get to experience some of the most wonderful, wonderful things about being a six. I mean, sixes are such incredible uh, what do I want to say here? We're just incredible beings. I really believe this. And when we are in this spiritual, grounded, questing version of ourselves, 
I mean, this is when we really are. I don't even, I don't even want to say it. I'm going to have to find words for it, but like just delightful and really wonderful to have around, wonderful to be around. And, and again, this is not like we should be that way. I have plenty of days and moments where I am not that. And that's okay because I'm a human being. However, when I am most grounded in my faith, what I am working on, who I am trying to become, not in a self-flagellating way, but in a way that I'm, you know, being um, invited. It's it's good times. That's a that's a Kristen you want to be around. <laughs> so that's what you know to go all the way back to the beginning when it talks about what did it say? The virtue can be seen as an antidote to its passion and as a focal point for the type's positive traits. This is what this is. The more grounded in faith, however that looks for us, what that means to us, the more our positive traits naturally come online. We don't, we don't try to develop them. This is a transformational process. Transformation is a byproduct of putting the right context in place. We can't transform ourselves. That's not a thing. But we can be transformed when we put certain pieces in place, when we know where we are going, when we are open and we're starting to just experience the world less from this uh, subconscious cowardice and more from this grounded faithful place, we are transformed over time. We don't get to decide how long that takes. We don't even really get to decide exactly what that looks like. That's all above our pay grade. But we can create the context through grounding ourselves in faith as that looks for us. Okay, I'm going to re-listen to this and hope it sounds decent and get it out to you all. And I will talk with y'all soon. All right. As always, thank you so much for being here. Your ratings and reviews of this podcast mean so much to me. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. When there's a new review there and I read it, it just fills my heart and it really helps me feel connected to all of you as well. It helps me get this message out there and grow our Sixy community, which is a really special place. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I will talk with you all soon.